At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Journey Beyond Divorce with Karen McMahon and special guest Karen Basmaji. I'd like to welcome our listeners back and remind you that if you're new and you haven't started from the beginning, this is the ninth step in our 12-step divorce recovery series. And I'd invite you to listen to our introductory show and eight previous steps at DivorceHorseRadio.com, JourneyBeyondDivorce.com, or on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. In step nine today, we're talking about resistance and acceptance. And welcome back, Karen McMahon. Hi, Steve. Great to be here. Always great to have you here. And Karen, it's great to have you with us today, too. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Let's jump right in. Today, we've titled step nine, Breaking Free of the Past, Stepping into Possibility During Divorce. And throughout the first eight steps, if you've been listening in, you've heard us speak a lot about a practice that we encourage our clients into, which is three steps. It's becoming highly aware of your part in things, stepping into acceptance of where you're at, and then moving into action and taking those baby steps to move you forward. Today, we're really highlighting acceptance because the thing that keeps us stuck in the past is our resistance to what is and what was. And the very thing that opens up possibility is acceptance. And so we're doing a deep dive today to raise your awareness as to how and why we resist to the consequences of our behaviors and the benefits of the practice of acceptance. And today is really intended to increase your understanding of the tethering effect that your resistance is having, how it anchors you in the painful experiences of the past, the one and and keeps you in the current experiences that you want to get away from and avoid, and how it restricts your choices and your actions in the present and what happens when we exchange resistance for acceptance and how we're able to move clearly toward our desires, that opening up of possibility. I'm going to start with a statement that I think embodies this entire conversation, which is what we resist persists. The more we dig our heels in, the more we stay 
in the very thing that we want to step out of. And so what causes us to be so resistant? In the early stages, I want to make a slight uh, clarification. In the early stages of divorce, especially if you're the one who just found out that your spouse wants to divorce, there is something called denial, which is different than resistance. And it's, it's psychologically actually protects us and it gives our mind a chance to come to terms with what's going on. That's different. Early stages denial makes a lot of sense. It's very normal. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. When that continues on for a long period of time and you find yourself saying, this isn't it happening, it wasn't supposed to be that way, I can't believe, I'm, you know, I'm not dealing with this, that's when you know that you're in resistance and that stickiness of staying there, that's a red flag because it keeps us very stuck in a place that's really painful. Yeah. Yeah, it helps it, it, when we're in that um, prolonged state of denial, we're missing opportunities to uh, move our life forward in a more positive way. And what we want to point out to you is a number of the things that keep us stuck in resistance. And the first one is fear of change. There's no transition that we go through that is involves more change on more fronts. It's a financial front, it's housing, it's parenting, it's your social circle, it's so many different things. And so fear of change is is really powerful and it can be paralyzing. And the the self-doubt that comes along with that and the uncertainty that comes along with that, the uncertainty of what the future holds is... Uh, is very sticky. It's it's easy for us to say, I, I can't believe this is happening rather than this is happening and what's my next step because that's so scary to think about how do I do it and when do I do it and what's going to happen. Right. The other piece of that um, fear of change is that although maybe the past wasn't uh, as perfect as we wanted it to be, it was familiar. So there's also that holding on to something familiar because we're so afraid of all the uncertainty and the anxiety that's associated with all that uncertainty and turmoil. And I think that the two key things we see people do, and and I think Karen and I can speak to having done the same thing as well, is one of two things. One is the resistance shows up as blaming the other person. You know, if if she were just different, if he didn't have the affair, if uh, it, it's it's all their fault. Like we're really crystal clear, and we've talked about this so many times. We're so crystal clear on what our soon-to-be ex has has done in their part, and so without focusing on our part, uh, we stay in that place of blame. And when we're blaming we're disempowered. So we're actually resisting, in that particular case, we're resisting looking at what's real, which is the whole picture that two adults got together, the the marriage began to melt down, and that we both have a part in that. And so blame is one of the things that keeps it sticky. I have a client who 
she even said once at the end of the conversation, she said, wow, it's almost easier for me to be the martyr than to acknowledge my part in the unhealthy interactions that me and my spouse have been having. And he was the one who decided to leave. And so as long as she wasn't owning her part, she was stuck in that resistance and she wasn't moving forward and it felt terribly uncomfortable. And the same thing can be said for anger, right, Karen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, when you're stuck in either of those blame or anger, uh, and, and it's focused outward, what you're missing is the opportunity to self-reflect self and uh, understand how it is you got to where you were. Um, and by doing so, you're missing an opportunity to uh, grow yourself so that you don't repeat those same um, uh, mistakes or errors in judgment as you go forward into your life post-divorce. And when we're talking about uh, what resistance is and it being sticky, the idea is whenever we're going through a transition, whatever's happening is happening. Whether we decide to accept it or not accept it, deciding to resist it, even if we're unconsciously deciding, doesn't change the unfolding. It's still unfolding. It's just that we don't get to participate in the unfolding or to feel empowered during the unfolding because we're kind of standing on the side, heels dug in saying, no, this isn't happening or it wasn't my fault or, you know, I'm just angry and I don't want this to happen. And that makes sense. And it's still going to happen. And so the choice becomes, can you begin to notice your resistance and shift over into acceptance so that you're participating in the unfolding so that you begin to see choices? And we're going to get to acceptance and all the value of acceptance in a minute. So we talked about fear of change, fear of uncertainty being part of what keeps us stuck. We talked about feeling like a victim and really blaming um, our our spouse as another reason that we get stuck and just being angry, bitter, resentful, furious about how that other person behaves. And they may have been behaving that way for the last 25 years and we're still angry that they behave that way. That's resistance. It's like they're not changing and us being angry at it doesn't do anything but keep us stuck. And we'll be back with more of the show after this. We're there right when you need us the most. And we make sure you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you between calls to be more effective. I was very fortunate to find Journey Beyond Divorce. I would go searching for any piece of information that could either A, give me more knowledge about the divorce process itself, or B, could talk me down emotionally. And I found that Journey Beyond Divorce was really instrumental in providing both things. One, the guidance of the divorce process itself, as well as talking about self-maintenance and what does the individual need to do to kind of cope with it. Let us help you gain a broader perspective and determine your best next steps with our free Rapid Relief Lifeline call. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. One of the keys here is how do we shift out of that anger and hurt? And it's 
it's a two-step process. And the first step is to detach from it, to notice all of the emotional angst around the behavior of the other person and begin to separate away a little bit. And what I mean by that is to start looking at the situation from a new perspective. For instance, if you're married to somebody who um, spends too much or drinks too much or works too much and it's all their fault and you start stepping away and saying, well, well, what's my part in this dance? And if they've been that way for a long time and they haven't changed, you know, what, what's my expectation been and what, what have I done or not done to, to participate in the dissolution of this marriage? Yeah. I have a client, um, who I, I actually started working with her, uh, because of a bereavement issue that she was going through that was unrelated to her relationship. But as I started working with her, her relationship with her husband started to come to the forefront. And um, as she was working through some of those things, she was realizing that she was trying to force a relationship with her husband to be something other than it was. Uh, he he didn't have the same communication style as her. He had no desire to shift his behavior, but she was kind of banging her head uh, on a you know against the wall to try and get him to engage in a way that he wasn't comfortable with. And she would get really angry with it. When she started to put some awareness around that with me helping her look at it from you know all angles, she started to understand that. She, could, she had a choice here. She could either um, keep banging her head against that wall and, and being angry and upset and in resistance, or she could accept who he was and based on that information, make a decision about how she wanted to handle it or not, if it was going to be something that would work for her or not. And uh, she only could get to that point by accepting him for who he was right now, right here, given the information that she had. And I would say, Karen, that's probably one of the most common uh, conversations we have with our clients. I just met with a new client this morning and married for 20 years, abusive uh, husband for 20 years. And still she was sitting in front of me saying, well, how can I change to make him change. And so it was that very belief that, you know, this can be fixed and I can have control over the other person. And I think that's like a real key. We can't control the other person. And if you've been married for, you know, five or 50 years, it's like we can only control ourselves. And as we begin to look at this, one of the things I really encourage you to do. I have two things I want to say. One is, as you begin to look at your part in it, it's really important that you do that with gentle kindness, that you look at your part with a lot of self-forgiveness. None of us purposely make choices that are going to leave us in a bad place. We make the best choice we can at any given time. And as circumstances change, so too do our choices. So if you're in a place now where you've been putting up with something or you've been in unhappy for a long time and you start seeing it from this healthier acceptance perspective, 
leave the bat, you know, leave the bat on the floor. Don't pick it up. Don't beat yourself up. Gentle kindness is the most important thing to move you through this. And if you're feeling like, I don't want this, I'm stuck in resistance. I just want this to be different. A lot of times I'll ask a client, well, what if you could have your spouse back? Like, I'm going to I'm going to wave a magic wand. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and they're going to be back. But they're going to be back exactly the same. So they're not going to have changed. Your dynamic hasn't changed. Everything's the same. And so often that comment is like jolting. It's like, well, no, no, that's not what I want. And it's another way for you to see The resistance. Okay, so if you accept that it is what it is, and if you had it back tomorrow, it's exactly the same, can you begin to dislodge yourself from it? And that's what we're really encouraging you to do today. Yeah, I think that's a great tool to use with clients, um, because I think that sometimes um, part of the resistance is putting on some rose-colored glasses about what the relationship truly was. Uh, but when you ask that question, they have, you know, we all have to look at what what is true, what is real. And, and on that, I would say that there are actually people who, and this has happened numerous times, where they they come they come in and they start telling the story about how their spouse left or their spouse cheated, but everything was awesome. Like it was so perfect. They, Their friends saw them as the perfect couple. It was the picture perfect couple. They were so happy. Mm-hmm. And then three or four sessions into working with us, a different story begins to emerge. And what's really interesting is what we do to cope. And it's like, well, actually... He was really controlling. I've ne- I, I was not even allowed to go to the bank or, or pump my own gas or whatever the story was. And all of a sudden, I really lost myself. And I really, um, you know, I really fought constantly and nagged constantly. Like whatever the story, both of the spouse's behavior and theirs starts coming to the surface. And that's the beginning of stepping into acceptance, kind of stepping away from that surface story that's that's not really reality. Yeah. Uh, uh, one point I do want to make is, is as far as acceptance goes, when we do start to awaken to what is true or what is real um, and dip our toes into acceptance, there's always that kind of back and forth. It's not like you, you, you come to acceptance in increments. It's not like you just wake up one day and you're in acceptance and you stay in acceptance. You kind of vacillate back and forth and the resistance shows up again and you have to kind of work through it again on a different, on a deeper level until acceptance is fully, you know, fully emerges. Yeah, so let's jump into that. So we've talked a lot up until now about the resistance that each of you might be experiencing in one way or another. And so what is acceptance? Acceptance is surrendering to what is. And Katie By- uh, Byron Katie has a, a great quote that, um, that I want to share with you. She says, life is simple. Everything happens for you, not to you. Everything happens at exactly the right moment, neither too soon nor too late. 
You don't have to like it. It's just easier if you do. And that last sentence, I would even say, you don't have to accept it. It's still going to happen. It's just easier when you step into acceptance. And it's not only easier, but it opens up more choices. It empowers us to feel like we have some say, some control in this larger world of divorce where there's so much that's outside of our control. And so we can only begin from the place where we are. It's the only and the perfect place to begin. And acceptance enables us to begin to move forward. So if you've been resisting, if this is resonating with you and you've had your heels dug in, the metaphor that I like to use is you're driving down the road and there's this building that canopies the road and it's on fire, burning, it's smoky. And as you approach it, you enter and then you stop. You're in full out resistance, but you're in the middle of it. And, and the only way to the other side is to go through it. And yet you're digging in your heels and stopping because it's too hot and it's too uncomfortable. Resistance is digging our heels in and in doing so, staying still in the very circumstance that we don't want to be in. Yeah, it sounds like it's almost a form of uh, self-sabotage in some ways. And acceptance is just keeping your foot gently on the gas pedal, just accelerating at whatever your pace is and continuing to move forward. And the idea of acceptance being surrender, surrender is seen by certainly in a military sense, it's like it's weak, it's defeated. Surrender is enormously powerful. Surrender is making every effort you can, right? Being putting in every effort you can, and then letting the outcome go. Surrender is saying, my spouse wants a divorce. There's nothing I can do about it. They're going to go forward with the divorce. So what are my choices in moving in that direction? Even for people who come to us and don't want the divorce, we'll say to them, let's just start looking at your part in it, and let's start helping you to... Um, to uh, refine into your best self. And if that ripples and things change, wonderful. And if they don't change, at least you emerge a healthier, stronger version of yourself. There's always steps you can take once you are willing to accept what is. Right. And I love the word surrender. Although, like you said, it has negative connotations. I think there's a certain amount of freedom when we let go and surrender to outcome, um, you know, doing the best that we can to move things forward, but letting go of the outcome and recalibrating as we go along. And in 12-step programs, they say we're responsible for the effort, not the outcome. And if you think about it, if you're hanging your peace, your joy, your happiness on an outcome that you can't control, you're giving up all of your power. Whereas if you say, okay, I know what I can do, whatever that is, wherever you are in the process, I'm going to do everything the best I can, the most I can. And then when I come to my edge, when there's nothing else left that I can do, I have to take a leap of faith. 
I have to surrender the outcome and trust that the unfolding is unfolding and I can make my next choice when I see what that looks like. Right. It opens up. The reason that, that we call this show Stepping into Possibility is because acceptance opens up possibility. At first, you may say, well, you know what, Karen, all my choices stink. I don't want to be here, and every choice I see stinks. My my response would be, you have choices, and there's probably one choice that stinks less than the others, and so that's step one. And once you begin to move, more options open up, and before you know it, you're starting to choose things, and you're getting toward a point of wanting to choose something and having options that... Uh, that are positive for you. Well, I'm going to jump in here with another quote from Byron Katie that I think speaks well to what you're talking about. When we stop opposing reality, action becomes simple, fluid, kind, and fearless. Say that again. When we stop opposing reality, action becomes simple, fluid, kind and fearless love that the idea of accepting opens up so much and allows for so much movement and it also our last show was on presence and we talked about how um how when we're living in the past or the future we're disempowered and things become murky. In that same way, when we stay in acceptance, there is a clarity and there is a next step and there is a fluidity to it that get in, in a time again where there's so much outside of your control, the courts and the laws and your ex and the kids and your in-laws, the one thing you have complete control over is your choices and your next step and choosing acceptance is hugely powerful. It's a gateway into possibility. Yeah. I, I, the image that's coming to mind right now is you have a series of doors and you you get to a door and that's the resistance. When you find some level of acceptance, you can open that door and step through it. And then ahead of you, you'll reach a next door, which is the next level of acceptance. And when you reach that level, you'll open another door and on and on and on. Um, so, you know, it really is a, a process. And if we just look at it as taking steps in a direction and then figuring it out as we go along, you're going to feel so much more fluid and fearless. And let's get right down to the details of it. There's a few different ways that I want to encourage you to look at where you are and where you want to be. So one is just in accepting yourself. I know that for myself, I I had completely lost myself in my marriage. I had uh, become very, a therapist once said to me after seeing me many years Later, she said, you're a shell of the person you used to be. And that's exactly how I felt. I had lost my confidence. I had lost, um, I'd lost my North Star. I had lost my clarity. Um, my spouse's uh, words were in my mind more than mine. And so I couldn't move forward 
until I could simply accept that I'm not bad, I'm not stupid, even though I might have been told I was. I am, but this is where I am. And so this is the only place I can begin from. And the thing that I realized was that when I wasn't um, hearing abusive words from my spouse, I was saying them to myself. I used to call myself an idiot. I used to put myself down. I had to be perfect or else. And so accepting that I was as harsh toward myself as he was toward me and beginning to look at what drew this man into my life, like what my part was, acceptance was saying, okay, this is where I am and and it's okay. And I can forgive myself and I can accept where I am so that I can begin to move forward. Yeah, and a piece of that too, when you're talking about, you know, treating yourself with kindness and being your own best friend is, you know, what would you say to a friend of yours who was going through what you are going through? How would you treat them? What words would you use? Those are the things that you need to think about and remember and to use on yourself when you're being overly critical. You know, maybe it might be that you feel that you should have things all figured out and you should be more together than you are at this point in the process. Um, if you just remind yourself to, to be your own best friend, uh, you're going to come to acceptance of yourself so much sooner and it's going to be very empowering. And then there's the acceptance of our spouse. Mm -hmm. So whatever your dynamic is, uh, I had a client whose spouse uh, was a pathological liar. She continued to trust him for years and years and years. So acceptance for her was noticing why she kept trusting someone who continually lied and what that would look like for her to say, it's not a judgment. He's he 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 lies on small things. He lies on big things. How does that change how I go forward? If I protect myself by not trusting someone who lies, you may know that your spouse has a personality disorder. The thing I like to say about that is nobody asks to have a personality disorder, and some of them there's not a lot we can do about, like narcissism. But to be able to say, I know that, that, you know, I know that my spouse is struggling with addiction or alcoholism or personality disorder. I know that this is, I accept that this is the scenario that I'm in, the personality that I'm married to, as opposed to, and especially with abuse, we see this all the time, you know, he was just mad, she just lost her temper. If they're abusive, to be able to say... I am in an abusive relationship. I am married to an abusive person. The acceptance of acknowledging that instead of making stories about it allows us to then say, okay, now that I've stated it, now that I'm acknowledging that it's abuse, what are my choices? Because when it's not abuse, the choice is I'm just going to keep staying because, and I just have to try harder not to get them upset. And so that resistance sticks you in a prison, whereas the acceptance opens that prison door wide open and you can choose what direction to go in and what to do from that point forward. Very important. 
So as we go through all of this, there's a couple of things that we want to share with you. Uh, the practice, as always, is three steps. It's acceptance, it's awareness, acceptance, and action. And so I really want to invite our listeners to notice where you're resisting. Literally get a pen and paper. And for the next week, if you resist the way your spouse shows up, if you resist the circumstance that you're faced with, if you're resisting your financial situation, if you're resisting the advice that your attorney's giving you, notice where you're in resistance and then ask yourself, if I could step back and take my foot off the brake, undig my heels and accept what would be available to me? So the first thing is just notice. Just notice the resistance. And if you're in acceptance in certain places, then notice that as well. And see, notice what it opens up for you. And then the second thing, the practice of acceptance around acceptance is this. Bring gentle kindness and self-forgiving to you forgiveness to your practice of acceptance so as you begin to accept be kind to yourself be gentle with yourself be forgiving to yourself because whatever it is you're again the only place you can start from is where you're at and picking up a bat and beating yourself up is only going to make it harder not easier to move forward And then the final step is action. And, you know, we, we quoted Byron Katie twice. If you've never heard of her, you can go on YouTube. She's got a tremendous amount of uh, valuable information. Uh, she's got a book called Loving What Is, which we highly recommend. But she has this uh, four-question process. And if you have a pen and paper, I'm going to say these slowly Um, And I encourage you to write them down and ask yourself these questions. So the first one, and this is around whatever your belief is, is it true? So that's the first question. Um, So it might be, you know, my, my spouse is blank. Is it true? Or I am blank or this situation is blank. The second one, can you absolutely know that it is true? So that's where we had had a show a couple of um, shows back about your story and the stories we create about victims and villains. And so that's where this question comes in. Can you absolutely know that it is true or is it just a story that you've created? And then the third question is, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So you might react in anger or you might shut down. So how do you react around that thought? And then finally, and this is a really powerful one, who are you without that thought? It's kind of like when you let that story go, what's left? Right. It takes you through resistance to acceptance to surrender and what that all means. We have a couple of articles on the website, journeybeyonddivorce.com. If you go on and you search the word acceptance, I believe we have over half a dozen articles from different perspectives or search the word resistance. And, um, and 
we I promise you that when you see this and you begin to shift out of your resistance, you're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel more in control. You're going to feel more powerful in what you can do. And you will begin to see possibility that was completely outside of your viewfinder while you're in full out resistance. And Karen, so true. talk to our listeners about Journey Beyond Divorce, the practice, and how they can reach out to you and what you do for them. Thanks, Steve. Journey Beyond Divorce is uh, a, an organization of life coaches who primarily work with men and women, often via Skype or the phone all across the world, who are going through um, marital difficulties, separation, or any before, during, or after stage of divorce. And we really meet you where you're at. There's not a canned program, depending on what you're struggling with and what you need support in. It's, uh, It's a practice of encouraging you in being a sounding board and helping you find all of the answers and wisdom inside of yourself. And we have seen people's lives transformed in spectacular ways when they've taken this opportunity of divorce. It's painful, it's challenging, and it's also an opportunity. And when they've taken the opportunity to go through this time working on themselves, keeping the focus on themselves, they really emerge um, excited about their life and ready to move on to the next chapter. So our clients can reach out to you through your website, journeybeyonddivorce.com, and they can call you for a consultation and, and see if it's the right fit for them, right? They can email. There's an 800 number on the website. There's a divorce um, coaching survey you could take to see if you're even ready for coaching. So there's many different ways that you can reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. By the way, if you're serious about doing this work, the first coaching session is totally free. It's on the house. We want to make sure that we're the right fit. We want to make sure that you understand the coaching modality and that that feels right for you. And when you decide to work with us, you are absolutely certain that you've made a great decision. Very good. Awesome. Any final thoughts, ladies? I just want to share our next step, Steve. Uh, Our next step is step 10. It's regaining trust in yourself and others, turning into your inner wisdom. And this one is going to be with Carrie Doubts. And it is about a look at your intuition and the value it brings to our decision making when we tap into our intuition. So don't miss it. Interesting. And if you're a new listener, don't forget, you can go back to the archive and listen to all of the programs. We recommend you start from the introduction and uh, just follow on through. And you can hear all those programs on DivorceHorseRadio.com or Karen's site, JourneyBeyondDivorce.com. And of course, many of our listeners find us on iTunes or Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. So start from the beginning and uh, you'll be happy you did. Thanks, ladies. I appreciate your time. I just wanted to say thank you for having me back again, Steve. You're welcome, Karen. You're awesome. Take care. The two Karens, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. We'll catch you next time.
Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.